everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life and your business, your health, fitness, mindset and body from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. And today I want to talk to you about stopping speaking. Stop speaking and listen. I want you to listen because Many of us just keep talking and talking and talking and talking, but what you really need to do is just stop talking and listen. Why? Because in that speaking, a lot of the time we are justifying what is going on, coming up with stories, coming up with excuses, instead of listening to the feedback that we are being provided. So I've got five areas where I want you to stop speaking and start listening more. And the first one is this. If you listened to me yesterday, you would have heard me talk about how 80% of the world doesn't care about what you're going through. They don't care about the pain that you are going through. And the other 20% are glad that you're going through the pain. Now, in me speaking yesterday, you will have heard me talk about the fact how I'm becoming very good at listening to my own body listening to what it is that I need. Our body is very, very clever at healing itself and also sending us signals that something is wrong. Something is not right here and you need to adjust what it is that you're doing. Where are some great physiological signs of that happening? Let's take an extreme situation with your body. Hypoglycemia. Hypoglycemia, hypo, easy way to remember this, hypo, low. Okay, hyper, high. So hypoglycemic means that your blood sugars are dropping really low. Now, when your blood sugar drops low, what are the early warning signs of that happening? One, you start to feel hungry, right? It normally comes on around that three o'clock, 4 p.m. sort of mark where you're, you haven't eaten for a number of hours, too long, you start to get the sugar cravings because your body is craving sugar because it's saying, well, hang on, I'm low. I need sugar into me fast. Why? Because when we eat, our, uh, our body converts the food to sugars so that it can um, you know, keep us alive, converting it to glucose and, and so forth so that we can um, stay alive. And so when we're hypoglycemic, our body's saying, I need sugar, I need it now because Sugar is going to react fast, it's going to keep us uh, more alert, etc., etc. The trouble is that most people live through that cycle on a daily basis, get to the middle of the afternoon, and they go for that sugary thing because they are becoming hypoglycemic, but rather than do it in a more sustainable, healthy way, they go for the, you know, the candy, the snacks, the lollies, we call them lollies here in Australia, the sugary uh, drinks and so forth, cookies, cakes, etc., to bring that blood sugar back up. Now let's just say that you don't do that. You know, you don't give your body the, uh, the sugar that it needs. So what happens? You start to then go into that next phase. You start to feel a bit tired. You start to feel a bit lethargic. You start to feel a little bit dizzy, lightheaded. And what happens? You start to not be able to concentrate properly. So there's the next level of that. When you start to get lightheaded, that's your body starting to say, hang on, we're starting to get into a real problem situation here. And if you don't begin to give me what I need, I'm going to shut you down. So the next phase is you pass out. Okay. 
and you pass out before you die because your body says, well, I'm not going to kill you straight away. I'm going to protect you. So I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to make you pass out so you can no longer move and burn the sugars that I need, the energy I need to keep your organs alive. So you can do that for a period of time before your body just says, you are not giving me what I need. I'm now going to die. Now, that's a very extreme example, right? So listening to your body is, oh, yeah, I can feel that I'm starting to get a little bit lightheaded. I know when my blood sugars are getting to that point. There may be some times where, you know, whatever's going on in your life, I don't do this very often, but when I do, I say, oh, yeah, I start to feel this tingling through, I'm going to say, like right now, I'm dancing my fingers across my forehead and, and around the crown of my head. That's what it feels like to me. And I think, yeah, I know that I need to get something in within the next 10 minutes to 20 minutes. Otherwise, I'm going to, you know, go downhill even further. So it's listening to your body, right? Listening to those signs. Other signs can be like what I was talking about yesterday, what I was experiencing. Extreme fatigue, right? So if you think about how stress impacts your life, Okay, it can, it can cause disease, but one of the first ways that it shows up in me is tiredness. Okay, and because you know, everything that I've been going through for, you know, I haven't really had a holiday for, uh, for four years now, uh, the, the constant pressure that I put myself on, what my daughter's going through and the impact that that has on me, even though I can have a really strong face and be strong for her, it can chip away at me in the background. And once, you know, the the pressure of a situation dies down and you're lying in bed at night and you're like, man, yeah, that, that was a heavy day. You know, that really weighed heavily on me. Um, and to me, it shows up in, in fatigue. So that's me listening to my body and saying, well, what is it that I need? And what I need really is I need to take some time out from the busy schedule. I need to rest a little without beating myself up and saying, why are you resting? And just understanding that my body needs that and to come back refreshed. So if you listened yesterday, you would have heard me talk about how I needed to take some time away. I spent some time with my elder daughter yesterday afternoon, took some time out. I took some time to plan today so that I could get up today and follow my schedule, get work done and make up for uh, the time that I needed to take out yesterday. And that's what I did. Now, am I still tired today? Well, yeah, I mean, at the time of recording this, we're at like half past seven at night, I'm still going, um, but I feel better than I did yesterday. And, you know, I'm planned, I've planned out tomorrow, I'm actually going to the Australian Open Tennis tomorrow with a client, and uh, they've shifted the match by four and a half hours, so that's had a big impact on my schedule. Uh, so I've just been shuffling that around. But the point is I'm planning it out and, uh, you know, implementing for tomorrow. So, you know, I'm listening to my body, knowing when I need to rest, knowing when I can push harder and making sure that I don't take, uh, you know, make excuses for, for myself as well. Um, so it's finding that balance, okay? So I want you to get better at listening to your body. You know, I'm so good at knowing now what the signs are for me. If I'm starting to get a cold or something like that, I haven't had one for years, but uh, I know the signs of when that's starting to come on. And maybe it starts with fatigue, maybe it starts with a, a slight sore throat, 
and then I know that, oh, okay, that's quickly gonna to go to something else. I know I get a bit of hay fever, but which I get in spring. It only happens, it either happens at the start of spring or the end of spring. It doesn't happen for the whole of spring. And there'll be like a week or so where I get it really badly and I get extremely fatigued because of the constant sneezing and I become dehydrated because you're just blowing your nose all the time. And I get really, really tired from that. Uh, but I know what the signs are now. I know what to do. I take you know one, one tablet in the morning like a, a Telfast and that helps me uh, stay good for the day. And I know if I get it really bad, I know I need to, have, uh, to cool down, I need to rest, I need to have a shower, you know, wash all the, the dust and stuff off me, the, the pollen and everything that I'm breathing in and uh, just cool my body down and I know that I can then uh, recover quite well. I know after workouts, when I get to that, that place, which is normally around 12 weeks, which is why I then take a week off my, my heavy training, so I'm in week nine this week, uh, I know that point where I get to that I'm just going into the gym and I'm not enjoying the workout. That's to me, okay, you're getting fatigued, you're getting run down. Or where some injuries might just start to come in, where you start to get sore, you stay sore for longer. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's not normal. So yeah, I need to take some time off. I've currently got a bit of an injury with my elbow. Like I'm recovering from my knee surgery, which is getting better and better all the time. But with my elbow, uh, I thought it, it was getting worse during the last big lockdown we had here. And I thought it was because, you know, I spent a lot of time with my elbow, my, it's my left one, uh, my left one uh, on my desk while I'm, you know, doing computer work because I was, and doing Zoom calls and that kind of stuff because I was spending more time at my desk. Uh, but when the lockdown stopped and I wasn't spending as much time, it was actually getting sore and I thought, okay, that is not good. I need to get some treatment for it, which I'm having right now. Um, it's having a little bit of an impact, but not a lot. And uh, you, know, you just need to know the difference between good pain and bad pain. And what I'm experiencing through it at the moment is a bit of bad pain. It's not serious, but I know that I want to be pain-free. I want to get the niggles sorted out so that I can train strong and not have those things distract me. So it's just becoming really good at listening to your body and understanding, okay, so what does this mean? Okay, for in, I'll give you one more example before I move on to the other four. You get a bit of a dry tongue or, you know, the back of the tongue near, you know, your, your gullet uh, starts to feel a bit dry. Well, immediately that tells you that you're dehydrated. You haven't had enough water today. Like right now, I'm, like I'm talking a bit. It's been very hot here today. Got up to 36. It's currently still 31 at 7.27. Uh, oh, sorry, 7.30, oh, well, it is 7.27. Gee, that was a good guess. Um, but around, around this time of the night, and I've had, I've had th over three litres of water today, but I'm still feeling dehydrated. So that's why I just had a drink of water. So knowing what those signs are, and then if I'm dehydrated, because it has been hot and it's hot at night as well, that means potentially I'm not going to sleep as well. I know I'm not going to perform as well. Uh, before I go to the tennis tomorrow, I've got a busy day with clients uh, in the morning from like 5.30 a.m. in the morning. Uh, then I've got a little gap where I've got to do a really intense workout tomorrow. So I've got to make sure that I hydrate 
and I might need to do a bit of hydration overnight if I wake up. Uh, from the morning, from 5, 5 a.m. in the morning, I have to hydrate myself really well for probably four hours before I do my workout uh, so that I can get the most out of my workout because I know that if I'm dehydrated, I will not perform well during the workout. So that's really important to me as well. So you understand what I'm talking about. Listen to your body. And I, well, actually, I will say one more thing. And so I've mentioned some fairly minor things apart from the hypoglycemia and you know, that can end up in in death, I've actually saved a couple of people's lives in public that have been hypoglycemic and passed or close to passing out and saved their lives with a cup full of water mixed with sugar. Saved their lives. It, and if you had had a video to see them transform from, transform from being almost passed out to coming back to just talking coherently like me in a matter of minutes, it's quite amazing to see how the human body operates. Uh, but another example is uh, understanding about like serious disease, for instance. If something doesn't feel right to you, so ladies, if you have a lump in your breast, for instance, you think, oh, that's not quite right, to please don't ignore it. You know, men, if you feel a lump in your testicles, don't just ignore it. Go and get help. Go and have it checked out. I have uh, a skin check once a year. I have an annual physical and I'm actually overdue. I, I got a reminder today or yesterday to go back in uh, for my doctors. I've just been so busy I haven't made that appointment. But don't make the excuse of don't. Before I go to bed tonight, I'll make an appointment. Uh, because I've had a number taken off me. Uh, now, only one has ever been in cancerous when I was 16 years old and that's why I have to have these annual mole checks now. But don't ignore these things. I have some people that will uh, put their head in the sand and say, well, if I don't go to the doctor, even though I've got cancer, I won't be sick. Why? Because the doctor doesn't actually say, oh, you've got cancer, you've got this, you've got that. I say, it's living with your head in the sand. You've really got the issue still. It's just that you're not going to have somebody formalize it and say, yes, you've got a problem. Now, I know of four people that, all women, that did not have their, their pap smears and then they had some issues and then all had cancer, some died, some discovered it early and had it fixed. Okay, got on top of it. But just pretending because you don't like the doctor, you don't like bad news, whatever, then you know, that's not the way to be. So if there's something unusual, listen to your body, know your body, know that, oh yeah, there's a lump there, there's a lump under my armpit or you know, something like that, or something's not right with my cycle or something's not right with your prostate or whatever, you need to get the, the test done. It's very simple, it's painless, just do it. Okay, all right, so that's number one. The next one, I want you to listen to client feedback. Because our clients are a tremendous resource for us to be asking, you know, why did you start working with me? I've just been going through a, a phase at the moment. I might have recorded a, a podcast over the last couple of, uh, last week or so, where I got some feedback from uh, a person that does work for me. He's not a branding expert, but he does some work with me 
uh, on my database systems. He's based in the US, really, really clever guy. Uh, but he'd be the first person to say that, well, yeah, he's not, um, he's not a branding expert. But he took a look at my logo and said, your logo's outdated, your logo's this, it's that, it looks unprofessional, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I mean, it's been 12, 13 years since, um, you know, the logo has been created. And it got me thinking, and I thought, I don't use anyone because of their logo, right? I don't say, wow, that's an amazing logo, it must work with them, or, gee, that's a really poor logo, I'm not gonna work with you. You know, I look at, what are their results? Now, what are the results that they're getting? So just over the last week, I've been asking clients, why did you come to work with me? And then listen to their story and then say, how important was my logo in you making the decision? And I say, well, not at all. Uh, one person said, she was a younger, younger girl, and she said, actually, I really liked your logo. And I thought, well, this is professional. You know, I want to learn more. She said, I did quite a bit of research on you and you know, your website and results and all that kind of stuff was very professional and I really liked it, so that's why I decided to come here. Not one of them has said, well, because of, well, she was the only one that said, uh, I really liked your logo um, as well as everything else, but no one else said, well, I you know, didn't really even look at it. Uh, the point is, there's an opportunity for me to find out. So what do you like about what it is that I do? Why did you come to see me? So I get an understanding of why people are attracted to me and am I attracting the right sort of client? Because right now, I'm going through a process of thinking about the different services that I offer. And we often think about what are those new services that we're gonna provide? What are those new products? But I would say that we don't often, as often, look at what are the products and services that we should stop providing? And I'm going through that process right now. COVID has certainly changed the demand for what I see in the group training uh, that I provide. I'm doing some numbers and thinking, golly, is this going to turn around because people, you know, there's still a really hot COVID environment here and people aren't wanting to come out of their homes as much um, so, and you're know, not as focused on their health uh, like I've got a big base of inactive clients right now from you know, the past couple of years that because of COVID and various other things, they're just, they're just hibernating. I was like, okay, so we're gonna get to a point where they say, well, no, I wanna get back into doing those things. So I'm just going through that process at the moment. Do I, do I wanna keep running this service or do I, um, do I not? So I'm gonna put together a survey and see, uh, just test the waters and say, okay, are people really wanting this type of service now or are they, you know, they're just looking for something different because the, the environment has changed. Uh, but you've got a great opportunity to ask clients what's going on, what's working, what's not working and not taking it personally but listening and taking action. The next one is your team. Like the team around you, whether they be, uh, a lot of the time we're not working face-to-face uh, -face with people anymore. Uh, like I run a small business, most of my team are not with me, okay? They're international or they're, I've got a, um, a local IT support team, well, it's actually divided into two. Uh, I, I very rarely see them. Uh, it's emails, it's some Zoom calls, 
uh, and that's like with the rest of my team as well. Some of my team I don't deal with that often. Some of them I don't need to because they're, you know, they're just getting the stuff done in the background. And other times I need to uh, arrange time to uh, connect with them. But it's also important to make sure that we're listening to any feedback that comes, comes back because we get caught up in us, especially as business owners, or if you're an executive or you know, a senior manager or something in a, uh, you know, working for a corporation, we get caught up in what we want to do, you know, our goals, what we're working towards. But certainly in this climate with uh, COVID and the uncertainty, and you might be strong and focused, but a lot of the time our team don't share our same passion, don't share our same drive, and therefore can be struggling a little bit. I mean, I remember when I first started out uh, in, in work, back in Coopers and Lybrand, back in 1990, I was a, like a graduate accountant working in external audit. I didn't have the mindset of the senior managing partners. I just didn't think like that. And now it's different, but it takes years to build that, right? You're not born with it, you have to, you have to create it within yourself. You have to develop the skills. And I think one of the best skills that I've learned is communication and understanding and listening to the team. Uh, but I'm certainly not perfect. You know, there are things that the team might mention from time to time and say, well, I really didn't see that. I just didn't see that coming. And particularly in this environment where uh, people can be so worried about what's going on with, with COVID, their livelihood, their families, the homeschooling and all of that kind of stuff, the stress that's in relationships because uh, golly, I mean, the amount of family violence that has increased in Australia, I'm sure that's the same in other countries as well, uh, because of the amount of lockdowns that we've had here, is just like it's sinful, really, uh, that it, it's, it's meant that because we're locked down, that there is more violence. It's like learn to manage your issues rather than taking it out on someone else. But we don't know what is going on behind closed doors in other people's lives. And we can get so caught up in focusing on what we're focusing on that we forget about what's that. Because remember, most people are never going to be completely honest with you. What they're going to do is leave the organisation without telling you the truth as to why they're leaving the organisation. But if you stay communicating with them and listening to them and understanding what's going on for them and how you can improve things then I think you become a better human being, you become a better manager, you become a better communicator, and you get just get better outputs all round. Because you know that you can't build what you want to build by yourself. If you do, it's not going to be as big as you want to make it. You need a team. You can't do everything. I can't do everything. I would like to be able to do everything. I'd like to be able to have robots that work for me and do a whole bunch of work for me, just do what I say and you know, get it done but that's not reality. We can't do that. We can use Siri a little bit. We can use our Google Assistant a little bit. We can use some automated tools a bit, but it's not everything yet. So we need to involve humans and we need to communicate more effectively with them. So listening to that team feedback is really, really important. The next one I'm gonna mention is about your coach. You should all have coaching. And uh, if you're like me, you've got multiple coaches around different areas of your life. And you need to listen to the coach. Sometimes we get so passionate and emotional about what it is that 
we have set in our mind that we can become deaf to what our coaches are saying. And they say, oh, well, you shouldn't do that. You should stop that and you should do this. And we say, well, no, I don't want to do that because I'm really attached to this idea. I'm really attached to the way that I want to do this. Now, if you do that, you fall into that uncoachable category. And you don't want to be uncoachable. You want to be coachable. You want to understand what it is that you need to do to achieve the results that you want to achieve. And that means listening. You know, particularly, your coaches should be way more successful than you because they've got the experience in the areas where you want to get better. If you're as good or better than your coach, then you need to change coach because you want to learn from somebody that's way, way further ahead than you. And that's how I approach coaching. I haven't always done that. For instance, if I've wanted to grow my wealth, there was a period of time when I first started out where I, well, I got to the level where I felt I was more knowledgeable than my coach on certain things. And I realized that this is taking me nowhere, so I got rid of that coach. And then I was, decided to step up all the areas of my coaching and said, well, if this is the area that I want to improve, like wealth, who is the number one wealth coach in the world? And found that person. If I want to improve in this particular area, who is the best in that particular area? If I want to improve my, my strength and conditioning and achieve a body and health uh, that I've never achieved before and somebody that can support me, obviously I've got a lot of knowledge, but I haven't uh, gotten to that stepping on stage, competing on the world stage. I want somebody that has done that and taken people to do that so that they can show me what it is that I need to tweak in my program to get the best out of me. And that's how I approach the coaching. And so you have to be coachable. Because I know plenty of people that just aren't. They're not coachable because they're always right. And they will use a million words to justify why they are where they are. And you can interpret that or translate it to effectively say, I'm not coachable. I'm not going to change anything. I'm going to do it my way, but please help me. So, but you're not coachable, so it doesn't matter what I say. You're not going to change anything. And that's unfortunate, but that's just a percentage of the world. And so when I'm working with people now, I've got somebody that I'm uh, working with at the Well, I've given them uh, a free consultation. They've done a little bit of work with me and they want to do some ongoing coaching with me. And I've told them that, well, this is how much it's going to cost. Now, I know that money is a bit of an issue uh, for this person, uh, but I also know that they don't do the work. So do I want to be spending my valuable time with somebody that's not really that coachable, is not going to do the work, when I could be spending the time with somebody that's absolutely committed, does all the work, gets the results, and feels fantastic? Well, it's a, pretty, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? And sometimes I think, certainly when we start out in business, and I, I did this as well, you take anyone that's willing to pay you. But as you get more successful and your book fills up and you, know, you can pick and choose the clients that you want to work with, you need to be more selective about that. And this is me 
giving you some coaching advice and saying, you've got to be coachable. And sometimes you have to do more listening than speaking so that you can get the outcomes that you really want. Because you can get caught up in doing the same thing over and over without realizing that, do you know what? You've got to take the hard decision here and say, like the example I gave you before about a service that I currently provide and I've been doing it since the day I started business. And I'm seriously considering, do I just cut that leg off because it's holding me back? And it's not giving me the returns that, you know, that, that I need. So at the last one, I mentioned this last, but perhaps it's one of the most important, well, behind your body, because I think you should listen to your body first. And this one is about listening to your partner, if you have one, and your kids. And I'm talking about your intimate partner here. Now, your intimate partner will give you different signs at different times, different messages at different times of your relationship that you really need to listen to. Because if you're in that situation, then you have to realise that you've, become, you've got to become an absolute master in communication with yourself first, and you have to become a master in communication with your partner. Because if you're in that deep, loving relationship or that's where you want to get to, it's only going to happen if there is trust, if there is very open communication. Uh, there's always going to be some sacrifice at some point where you have to step up in the relationship and give more, when they have to step up in the relationship and give more support so that you can do your things. You absolutely must support your partner in them achieving their things. Uh, it's absolutely got to be a two-way street. Um, it's not a tit-for-tat thing though. So like, well, I'm only going to do this if you do that for me. That is no way to have a relationship. Uh, but you have to listen to the feedback. You have to listen to what it is that they're saying. If they're saying that they, they need some more time with you, then you need to understand that. You need to understand, well, where is that coming from? And why is that coming about? And what do you need to do to fulfill that, that void? With your children, you need to listen, okay? Our kids are precious. They're only kids for a certain amount of time. I mean, my goodness, I can remember taking both of my girls to their first day of prep at school. That's what, what's what we call it here, prep. Their first year, basically, of school. And now I've got one that I'm teaching to drive. She's 16 years of old. That's age. That's how, uh, how old you can be when you can start to learn to drive here in Australia. I'm teaching her to drive and my youngest is 14 years old. You have different conversations with your kids at this age. You know, there's a lot of uh, technology between you and your kids sometimes. But one of the things that I made a decision about before the kids were born was that I didn't want to be like my dad. And what I mean by that is I don't remember doing anything with my dad. I just don't. He had a different relationship with my, my elder brother. They did things together as you know, adults. Uh, but I can't remember doing anything with dad as a kid. And I thought, how sad is that? I don't want my kids to be at the age that I was when I was thinking that and thinking that they can't remember doing anything with their dad. 
Because life comes down to experiences, right? And you want to pass on memories and traditions to your children that you would like them to pass on to their children and their families and, and live in their life. And so that's why I decided to have a career change like 13 years ago because I wanted the kids to know me differently. I wanted to have a deep and meaningful impact in their lives. And I believe I have. We have a lot of communication. I mean, we're, uh, you know, my youngest is going through some big struggles, but we have some really big open-hearted discussions and some of them are incredibly painful and tough and I'm learning. I mean, I've got two teenage, I'm a man. I've got two teenage daughters. You know, I'm learning. Most of my clients are women, so that helps. Uh, but I grew up with a brother, um, so I didn't understand women at all. Uh, but gee, I've got a really good insight into them now. And uh, that helps me understand my daughters better. But I'm still learning all the time. And if I could give dads some tips out there as to whether you've got daughters or sons, you need to spend more time with them. You need to listen to them, understand what it is that they really love, build their passion for what it is that they want to be doing in their lives, understand them on a deeper level. Um, I find that that is really impactful for me. And I think your legacy, for mine when I, I pass, is that I've helped pass on all the best parts of me to my girls and you know, help them live the, the passionate, energetic lives and healthy lives that they want to live. You know, living it in on their terms, being financially free, um, doing what it is that they love and just having a lot of fun along the way. And often we don't listen to the kids. We do a lot of speaking at the kids without listening. And I can be stubborn. I'm a Leo, born in August, so I'm a Leo. And guess what? My two girls are Leos too. So we're hard-headed. We're always right, you know? And I have to, to learn to stop and listen. I do it pretty well, but I still need to do it. And I think I can feel this building up inside me. Just stop, just listen to them, hear what their perspective is, and just think, hmm, there's a chance that you're not always right. Okay, so you have to be open to the fact that, yeah, they've probably got a good point. So let me have a listen. Let me think about it. And let's have a discussion around it. Because my mum always said, we're not raising children, you're raising adults. And that's so true. And even though my girls aren't adults yet, gosh, they're certainly more advanced in their thinking uh, than I was at that age. And so why not stimulate some discussion uh, let's tackle problems. Let's stimulate challenge amongst them. And when it gets tough, don't just walk away. You have that discussion. You stay close. And um, I'm noticing that my girls really appreciate that. There are tough moments, but they, of course, they always come back. Uh, and, you know, it's tough being a parent. Uh, but I'm really enjoying the journey of that. And I think everything that I'm talking about today is about using your own words less and just stopping and just listening 
to those around you and understanding what's going on and just allowing in your own headspace for a moment, asking yourself this question, is there some growth for me here? Am I 100% right and they're 100% wrong? The chances are that you are not and that there is plenty of opportunity here. So be open, listen, put down or put aside your hard-headed beliefs around whatever it is and just listen because if this feedback is coming at you in an emotional way, a passionate way, an aggressive way, uh, whatever it is, then there's learning for you here. There's a reason that it's coming at you that way. And you might say, oh, they're wrong. It's just all them. They're all wrong. Chances are they're not. And there's a reason it's coming back this way. And there's learning, growth, opportunity for you in this piece of feedback you're receiving. So harness it, open your arms to it and say, wow, this is a beautiful gift. As hard as I might be feeling this, there's a gift in here and I've got to accept it because things are about to change for the better on the other side of you taking action and listening to it. So it's an area that I look to improve every single day. It'll affect every relationship that you have. It will affect your results. It will affect how successful you are going to be. If you want to connect with me, please go to thementaltoughnessandbodyshow.com. I'd love to connect with you. Have a great day. Stay happy, stay healthy, have fun, be passionate, stay focused, stay strong. Life is a gift. See you tomorrow.